0: I'm Pastor Corey, by the way. Um, This is the lovely Pastor Aaron. I see my daughter Ailish is here. My other kids are around serving somewhere. So we would love to meet your family if you're here with your family uh, out in the lobby. If you're new to church, head to the seven-minute party. We really want to connect uh, connect you. Having a great experience with God is great, but God wants an actual relationship with him. And so uh, we would love to be able to help you on your way. Um, in God's family, and show you what to do next. And so, and sooner or later, we're going to be like, "Hey, take out the trash." And you're going to be like, oh, "I can't even do this. I'm going to go to a different church." And we're like, you know, they're going to make you take the trash out too. I tried running away from home one time. By the time I got my little bag together, it wasn't a big, like, a long-term plan. It was just like, I need to teach my dad a lesson. You know, I'm tired of doing chores around here. You know how it is, and when you're a kid, you envision this like, and at my funeral, they're going to wish they treated me better. I'm like, you're not going to be there. Anyways, it was a bad plan. So by the time I got out the door, it was like six o'clock, and my dad says, what are you going to do for dinner? And I had the door open, and I just remember just looking at my dad and just shutting the door and staying in the house. So anyways, welcome to the family. If you're new here, we'd love to connect with you. But you're going to have to take the trash out. Um, also, I'm wearing um, this jacket. Now, as a pastor, I know you're going to judge me because it says, leave me alone. And I would just like to say, in my defense, that I'm preaching about friendship, so I thought it would be, f- be funny. And this isn't really my jacket. It's actually Pastor Aaron's jacket. Although it's a Zara man jacket that we both saw at the same time. She just saw it a little bit earlier than I did. And so she bought it for herself, but then she left it in my office, which makes it mine. So that's why I'm wearing this jacket. But I'm... I don't want you to leave me alone. I want a hug. Oh, this is getting weird now. Whatever. Okay. Um, We're in a series called Jesus on the Couch. We've gone through dating. We've gone through marriage. Um, I'm actually going to add another one um, next week about extended family and church family. Because I feel like we don't really understand how some of these things go together. And, uh and the extended family kind of want you to do this. And you're like, it makes, you know, like let's just define some boundaries and just set things in place to be like, hey, this is what you're allowed to do. Here's what I'm allowed to do. And it just helps everybody get along with each other. So, um, So I think you're gonna like that. Um, Thanks, Sean. Um, Today's uh, sermon is Jesus on the couch. Like what do your relationships look like when Jesus is sitting between you? Because that's really where Jesus wants to sit. So what does the couch today? It's, it's about friendship. So particularly your inner circle of friends. So how fussy are you about your inner circle of friends? Like, did you interview them? I mean, these are people that are going to inform the rest of your life. And how did they get there on that couch? And how fussy are you about them, your inner circle? Because Jesus is not hanging out. I mean, if you've got teenagers, you know that Jesus does not hang out with some of their friends. Am I preaching to people who have teenagers here today? You're allowed to laugh. Don't be afraid of your teenagers. They're sitting beside you. They have no power. They They don't have any money. There's something about that that I think, I think there's a reason. You know, Teenagers, there's a reason mom doesn't want you to go to Pete's house. I think your father in heaven is looking at your friendship group right now, and I think he's concerned about it. Um, I think he's concerned about it. Now, today's not a super deep message. Um, I just want to talk to you. I think on behalf of, of our father in heaven, I'm going to be talking about the friendship that David and Jonathan had, David who killed Goliath. And Jonathan, who was the crown prince of Israel and their friendship, just a rare friendship that pushed them both so much further than either of them could have gone. And I want to talk about uh, having good friends, but, um, but I do want to say, like, I think th- your dad in heaven is a little bit worried about some of the people that are in our inner, inner circle right now. So um, can I tell you a funny story about family day, by the way? So you remember last week I said that Ailish came around the corner in Costco when she was little and she saw a guy with a gentleman with only one leg and she's like, Whoa! You know how your kids ever do that? Like, whoa, that guy's got one leg, you know? And mom's like, it's not um, So on family day, we were walking as a family behind our house on the walking paths. Um, we live in Cooper's, and so there's walking paths, and we were walking there, and a gentleman passes us with a three-legged dog, and Pastor Aaron leans over and says, Eilish, is there anything you'd like to say? I'm no, like lost at laughing. Now, here's what I want to say. In our inner circle of friends, if you don't think that's funny, we're not going to hang out. So if you're like one of those Christians that are like, I'm, ho- I'm too holy to have fun. Um, I think you're missing the parts of the Bible where God makes fun of you. It's like, hey, I think you're taking yourself a little too seriously. I don't think that's the same thing as taking me seriously. But our Father in heaven also wants us to have fun. But there's this other side of that, too, that I think we can get more done if we're having fun. This is a high challenge. If this is your first time in church, this is a high challenge, high fun church. So some people come here and they're like, you know what? I'm just too holy to have fun. We're like, you better have a little fun because life is a war. And, um, and we're going to teach you how to laugh and how to get everything that God wants you to get and to be as effective as you can in your life. But that three-legged dog thing was still funny. <laughs> now, when we came to Airdrie here seven years ago, um, we moved here just before that. Um, uh, I, I should have asked Ailish if I could share this. But Ailish, um, one summer she was, I don't know if she was in high school or in, in middle school, but I remember talking to Ailish's older sister, Arwen. Um, I remember talking to Arwen and saying, how's Ailish doing? And Arwen's like, I think she needs better friends. And as a father, I'm like one of those dads that is like, I'm in there like a dirty shirt. Like I'm, I'm like, oh, well, let's set that up. Let's figure that out. Let's, yeah. let's get her better friends. And as soon as she, the next year though, God gave her better friends and she did a whole lot better. Yeah. And I want to tell you that your tomorrow is decided by your friends today, actually. Nice. You think that it's not that important, but it's as important as you were when you were a kid and your mom's selecting friends for you. That um, Now, another funny thing happened. That needle was, um, we're sitting on the couch having reading you version. Here's another thing. If you want to be a friend of God, you actually have to read the Bible. Yeah. Or you're the only one who gets to talk. And I don't know that Jesus is on the couch and never talks. That's a, a kind of a version of Jesus that you made up that doesn't exist. But God is a speaking God. This mic is a bit echoey there, boys. Um, God is a speaking God. But also, you got to, like, be in a place and be in proximity so that he... When he speaks, you're actually hearing him. And so um, on our U Version Bible apps, we were on there, and Neela says to me, A U Version Bible from Life Church. If you're not on that, get on that. Just click Venue Church, find Venue Church in there, however one does that. And Neela says, Hey, Dad, I've got a good problem to have. Because in a church our size, um, she goes, I'm only allowed, I think it's 200, 250 friends. And she's like, I'm only allowed 250 friends, and I can't friend anybody, you know, like the new kids at youth, I can't friend them. And so I said, delete mom. That's how, that's how and um, everybody in the house thought that was funny. Everybody. But <laughs> what actually happened, well, that's what I said. But then mom said, delete anybody who hasn't been on there in a while. And I thought, that's, that's kind of mean if you're a Canadian. That's kind of mean. You know, the worst thing in the world is not posting something absolutely bizarre and crazy on Facebook. Like some of that crazy you got to keep in your head. Because back when I was a kid, if you let the crazy out, nobody would be your friend. But now the worst thing you can do is not say something absolutely bonkers. It's unfriending somebody who said something absolutely bonkers. I'm, I'm just warning you. Like if you're friends with me on Facebook, A, that's not really friends. But if you're friends with me on Facebook and you do something bonkers on there, I'm out. I don't want to be attached to crazy. I don't want to get infected with crazy and be like, hey, everything's still cool. I'm like, it's not cool. Like, act like a normal person. The baseline of the entire you version is reading the Bible together. And if you stop reading the Bible, why are we friends on there? It's funny. Like, the purpose is a relationship with God that we're growing together. And if you stop growing why do, why do I have to act like we're doing it together when we're not? You jumped off the couch. Right, right. And if, if I got a picture between you and Jesus, I'm going to keep Jesus. <laughs> Come on, say amen, Benny Church. All right. Now, um, Proverbs chapter 27, by the Holy Spirit, the wise man said, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Oh. They're saying the best friends are sharp and sharpen you, iron and iron. What you want for a friend is like a rabbit who's just cool with whatever and super soft and cuddly or whatever. The Bible's like, hey, look for friends made of iron who are sharp because they'll make you sharp. Dull friends make you dull. Mm. Dull friends make you dull. Average friends make you average. You are the average of your five closest friends. You know, sometimes I think what we do is we go to God and complain a lot. And God's not even really, if I can take some liberty here. I don't think God is, let me put it like this. If I was God, use your imagination. If my daughters comes to me and they're like complaining about the trajectory of their lives and all their problems. And I'm looking at their friend group. They're like, dad, fix all the things here. And I'm like, you know what I really want to fix is your friend group. Because the trajectory of your life depends on your friends. Your tomorrow depends on your friends today. I want you to take a good hard look at your friends today because dull friends make you dull. Did you know that the greatest predictor of spiritual growth in a person's life is whether you go to church and worship and serve in small groups with five close friends, four to five close friends. If you think that you're growing spiritually and you're not doing that, that's why every week we're like, look, we only announce, like, go to the seven-minute party, get connected, and get in small groups and serve. It's free. Other friends will cost you. These friends will sacrifice for you. It will cost you, but it will get you to where you want to go. So So we're always like, hey, you can sit here and spectate if you want to, but your friends are deciding the trajectory of your tomorrow right now. Now... The, here's what I mean by this. The greatest predictor of spiritual growth is whether you go to church with four to five. Now, meaning you can't get better until you get better friends. You're trying all the self-improvement stuff. I'm like, you know what improve you the most? Getting better friends. Because better friends make you better. Because better friends have standards. I know standards aren't cool now anymore. But standards. And standards need sharpening. Um, can I tell you about the the, the Cope family a little bit? Everybody looks in from the outside of the Cope family. And our family growing up was super healthy. Um, but it's a sharp family. Some of y'all families are a bit dull. My Aunt Ethel told my grandma one time, we were out walking. She goes, yeah, when she gets all, my, my grandma's a religious person that would get all um, gossipy. I don't mean religion in a good sense. I mean, kind of in like the judgmental, negative, gossipy sense. And um, my aunt Ethel's like, I hate gossip. We say gossip around here. This is what we say. Gossip is, if you have a problem, take your problems up. That's where they can get solved. But if you're just going sideways and down, all you're doing is complaining. You don't want to fix anything. You're just complaining. You're just okay with it. We're like, take it up, or it's called gossip. And we have a zero tolerance for gossip. We're just like, hey, stop it. Stop talking about things you don't want to fix. Stop talking about other people. We're here to help and sacrifice. This is family. Stop it. It's divisive. It's weird. So my, my, my Aunt Ethel says to me, yeah, I told her, because she was getting all gossipy and weird on the phone. And so this is what she says. She goes, she goes Mom, I love you, but I don't like you when you're like this. So I'm going to hang up and call back in five minutes, and you're going to be different. <laughs> Click. Now, everybody's like, I love the Coke family. It seems so healthy. And I'm like, you want to know what makes it healthy? When dad's like, hey, I love you, but I don't like you like that. And when I call back in five minutes, you're not going to be like that anymore because I'm not accepting less than your best because I'm not going to enable whatever the devil's doing in your life right now. we're going to, I'm like, oh, note to self, don't gossip around Aunt Ethel. Trouble is when you have sharp people in your life. You know, my dad is sharp. I remember we were driving through the Mojave Desert when we were kids one time near California. And it was 120 degrees Fahrenheit, I think. It was a bake oven. If you, I don't know what that is in Celsius, like a million. It was so hot. In a Honda Civic with no air conditioning. Now, if you're under 40, you don't even know what that is. You didn't know that they made vehicles like that. That there was no buttons that did anything in vehicles. There was these things, and there was these other things, and there was these... And you don't even get it. But there was no air conditioning. And it was so hot. It was like an oven inside of there. And, and this is in the, in the days when child safety, nobody cared about that. And so we were in the back. I think we're a little too safe now, by the way. We didn't bubble wrap everything back in the day. And I'm like, I think nature was just trying to weed out the dummies sometimes. So you really want to ride off that jump without a helmet? Then go for it. I feel like maybe we'd all be better off. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I'm just having fun. It's just fun. We're just, I just want to hang out. And so, so, where was I at? Sorry. Oh, yeah, so I'm in the back of the car, because you used to actually be able to lie down as kids and read books and make little forts and stuff. And so, there was a sleeping bag back there, and it's a bake oven. And I'm like, you know, it's so hot. Something's got to... So I climbed under the sleeping bag, and it felt cooler. And I'm like, Ryan, my brother had a huge fever that night because he spent all night in a hot tub, and his body is weak. And... (laughs) he he was like had a fever and i pulled him under there and we were under there i'm like doesn't it feel great you know like that like just before you die that crazy and my dad looks back now some of you all dads they were so nice that they weren't truthful my dad was like what are you idiots like what are you doing you're going to kill him i mean look at that frail mind and body he's going to die get out from under the blanket. Now all y'all Canadian parents are like, it's okay, just whatever makes you happy. It made me happy. (laughs) And it's fine. Now, Ryan survived and I got to split the inheritance with him, but whatever. (laughs) Not that my mom and dad are dead, they're they're here. (laughs) Okay, so here's the trouble. You're like, father, give me better friends. And then he gives you a better friend who's doing better than you are. And that's super annoying. Like, no, I didn't want that. And I'm like, I want the friends that suck. I want bad friends because they make me feel good about my life. Right? He sends you somebody that isn't always negative and complaining. And it's irritating. I want to go to my negative complaining friends because I feel, here's the thing. Like, if you're losing and you just have a friend who's losing more, that doesn't make you a winner you're just losing a little bit less. But that doesn't mean that you're in the place that God wants you, thriving in this world in spite of all the hard things and like doing great and living life on purpose and to your destiny and helping people. And I realize the trouble is when he gives you a better friend, then it's just like, hey, dude, you you got to stop doing the things that put you down there. Right. The mindsets and the emotions. That's super irritating. Today's entire sermon, you know, want to know what it's about? It's called Fire Your Friends. You need to Donald Trump some of your friends. You're fired. Hey, it's been great, but you're fired. If you've got room for five and they're not great, you can't get new ones till you offload some old ones. It's okay to fire a friend. Your future depends on you firing somebody. Oh, you don't love people. I do... But keeping friends with low standards is not helping anybody. It's not actually love. This is what Canadians say right now. Raising kids with no standards is love. You just accept everything that they are. God, who's been around longer than Canadian politics, says if you won't discipline your child, you hate them actually. So if you accept everything from them, you don't unconditionally love them. Unless you think God doesn't unconditionally love you. God actually is love. He's the definition of it. You're like, God is so mean. He has all these standards. He hates us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's the devil. You're getting him Standards. I will not let you live this way because it's not your best. You can do better. My mom had a friend in Los Angeles when we lived there. And she realized something about her. And I remember her saying this when I was young and it always stuck with me. She's like, you know what? She was, she was a Christian lady. We, the kids went to the Christian school, Christian lady. She goes, I realized she didn't have the fear of the Lord. And she said, like, I offloaded her because my friends are those who fear the Lord. My inner circle, the people that inform me, the people that correct me, the people that challenge me, the people that help me when I'm struggling, the people that celebrate victory on the inner circle. Look, I'm friends with all y'all, but inner circle. These people, like, they are affecting my life. I had a sleepover at, um, at a, uh, I had a new friend. I had a sleepover at his house in, uh, like, grade eight or something. And I had a paper route. You remember what paper routes were? It's like child labor. Do they even have them anymore? I used to make a dollar a day. And that was not good money back then. Now you're all like, well, that was like dinosaurs. That was a lot of money back then. You could buy a steak dinner. I'm like, you could not. It wasn't that long ago. It was a bit ago, but it wasn't that long ago. And uh, to go anywhere overnight, um, my brother, why wouldn't my brother cover my paper up? I did it for him all the time. But anyways, my dad said his exact words like, Corey, your brother Ryan is super disappointing to us all. I, sh- I should cut him out of my will, but I'll do your paper route in the morning. <laughs> exact words. He said the last part. I'll do your paper route in the morning if you want to go and hang out at um, at his house. And so, um, so I did, and his brothers were watching a movie. Now, this is supposed to be a Christian home, and his brothers were watching a movie downstairs that now, I hadn't been exposed to this sort of stuff, but I mean, it was just like blatant sexuality. And I'm just like, I walked out. He's like, hey, we should go watch this movie. It's a great movie. And I walked downstairs and I'm like, oh. And then I did what good Christian kids did is I got up and uh, and walked out of the room. And, and the trouble was, you know, I just made friends with this kid. He was the cool kid at school, you know? He was like all skinny and fit. and And, uh, and I hate people like that. <laughs> They're people too, though. We got to love them. And I'm like, oh, I might get into this, you know, whatever crowd, you know, well, I walked out of the room that day and I just, it's funny. It was a, it was a turning point in my life. I think it wasn't a turning point in my life. It, I stayed on the trajectory that I was on because I was a kid who loved Jesus. I don't want to get into that stuff. And I walked out of the room and I I called my dad and this is what my dad said. He said, he said, tell him, I changed my mind about doing a paper route. I'm on my way. He basically said like, throw me under the bus. You know what I said to my girls? I'm like, if you're ever over at somebody's house and something starts to go down, I'm like, you make, I'm like, you just pull your phone out and make something up. I mean, we will get forgiveness later. Lie do whatever you have to do to get out of there. Tell me your dad's a big jerk and he wants you home right now. And he doesn't like. just make up. I don't even care what you say. I don't care what your friends think. I don't have to hang out with them. I'm like, say whatever you got to say, get out because your friends decide your life. You know, a few years later in high school, we actually did become best friends. Because he changed, he made some decisions and he started loving Jesus more and he started getting rid of the garbage. And we became best friends. We were best friends all through high school. We went to mission trips together. We pushed each other to Jesus. We had high standards. It was an incredible relationship for a long time. It was defining for me. But thank God that I never settled for a standard way down here because we both would have ended down there. Yeah. Yeah. One thing could be the filter of your inner circle. And I would ask this. Where is everybody going? Destination. My closest, my five closest friends. This group. Where's everybody going? Because if it's a friendship couch, maybe it's a friendship car. And maybe Renee is going here and I want to go here. I want destiny and purpose and reason and Jesus. And and maybe everybody else is like, I want pleasure for now. I want to just do what I want to do. And I'm like, well... Two cars don't go, you know what I'm saying? If you're going to a different place, you're going to a different place. And Jesus is not going to stay in the car that's going over here. As soon as I see somebody that's coming closer, but as soon as I figure out that you're not going anywhere, I put you in the people I'm trying to reach box. It doesn't mean I don't love people. I love you. I love people who don't love Jesus. Absolutely love people who don't love Jesus. I would go to hell for them. But in my inner circle, they're not coming there. I don't want to know what they think about parenting. I don't want to know what they think about my parenting if they don't have a biblical Christian proven worldview that actually works. Yeah. I don't want them informed by pop culture and all the politics of the day. I don't care about those things. I care about Jesus right. and like historically what has actually worked and yeah. you know what I'm saying? destination so how do you get a better friend here's the trouble is that dullest, the dullest friends are the most available they're watching netflix right now they got lots of time for you they ain't going anywhere they're not doing anything we used to say in the trades world don't ever hire the person who's not busy there's a reason nobody trusts them to work for them you're like hey they're free this is perfect we always need to say, pick the busiest person. There's a reason they're busy. It's because they're good at what they do. Yeah. They're, they have things to do. Yeah. So how do you earn a spot beside somebody who's doing better than you are? How do you get there? How do you create proximity? How do you break into it? They're busy. They're living on purpose. They were probably fine before you because they're moving in a direction. How do I break in there? What do I do? How do I get an exceptional friend? First Samuel 18, after David... Had finished talking with Saul. This is right after Goliath has been killed. Goliath, the Philistine. Um, the Philistines were, I mean, they were just, they were oppressing the people of Israel. It was awful. It was an awful time to be in Israel. David kills Goliath. David talks to the king, who is Saul. And then it says he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond, for Jonathan loved David. So i about Jonathan. He just looked at David, and he's like, we need him. Our nation needs him. Thank God that he came. Thank God that he stepped up. A teenager stepped out and faced Goliath. Nobody else would. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David. See, friendship is a solemn thing if you get a good friend. If it's too easy, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, did you interview for those spots? Or they just showed up one day and you're like, great, you're on the team. Can they play? Everybody comes to church and they're like, I want to be on the worship team. I'm like, can you sing? <laughs> Even more important than that is, do you have the character to stand on the I stage? Know, okay. You might be able to sing, and I want to. I'm like, it's going to get tough before it gets better. Yeah. Jonathan made a solemn pact because he loved him as he loved himself. Ooh, that's the kind of friend I want. He's like, I love you just as much as I love me. I. I am so concerned about you. Nobody would ever intentionally hurt themselves, right? If you love yourself the way that God loves you, yeah. you wouldn't intentionally hurt yourself. And you're just like, I'm going to, as, as much as I'm concerned about my future, I'm concerned about your future. Yeah. Like wow, wow. Jonathan sealed the pact. Watch this. By taking off his robe and giving it to David, together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. Now this is hugely significant. He took all the trappings of being a prince and the next king. He took off his kingly robe. He took off his armor. And there's another scripture not far from this one that it says, And Saul and his son Jonathan were the only people in Israel who had weapons. Because the Philistines wouldn't allow... This is what the devil wants to do. The Philistines took away all the weapons in Israel. They weren't even allowed to to sharpen their own iron. They weren't even allowed to sharpen it. The devil wants you so dull with no weapons around you that he's like, you got to come to me if you want anything sharp around here. And so that's what they were doing. And so he takes off the, like, this is what makes me a prince. This is what tells everybody around me that I'm a prince. I'm going to be the next king. And he gives it to David. He's like, position doesn't mean anything to me. The salvation of my people means everything to me. And I think you might be the guy to do it. Do you need anything else? Because this is my mission and this is my goal. And you share my mission and my goal. I don't care who's in charge. I'll serve you. See, Canadians don't like exceptional people. Can I just tell you a little bit of truth? You guys know the band U2? U2. The band? Oh, y'all, we can't hang out. I mean, they're Irish, right? And Bono said in, in an interview one time, He was being interviewed by an American. They're asking him, like, what do the people of Ireland think about your success? And he goes, well, people in America, they look at the guy on top of the, who's living in the house on the hill, and they're like, someday that'll be me. He goes, in Ireland, people look at the guy on the top of the hill and say, someday I'll get that guy. (laughs) And I think, yeah, we have a carryover of that UK, but Canada has never anointed a king either. So we have this whole crabs in the bucket thing. Look at the school system. I mean, we used to have academic awards. They were the most important awards in school because it's about education. Now the most important things are like, does everybody think you're super nice? You can be as (laughs) dumb as a stick and it doesn't matter. The school system is there to make kids smart. You know, you love that. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Hey, everybody's a winner. That means nobody won anything. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we didn't have a race because people felt bad. <laughs> have you watched that movie Hidden, Hidden Figures with um, those NASA, those women in NASA in that math and engineering department, stuff like that? And Kevin Costner's character said this, you know what your job is, Paul? Find the genius among those geniuses. Pull us all up. We get to the peak together or we don't get there at all. Now in the kingdom of God, he will send exceptional people your way that can pull you up. Either you're going to get to the summit or you won't. You'll never get there unless you're hanging out with exceptional people because it takes exceptional people to get to an exceptional summit. Watch, Watch Jonathan's father's response. When the victorious Israelite army returned home after David had killed the Philistine, Women from all the towns of Israel, they just came pouring out to meet King Saul. They sang and they danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. We're going to bring tambourines back into church. (laughs) Everybody gets a tambourine. Um, Now they come out, and this was their song. Are you ready? They're just like, Saul has killed his thousands, and David his ten thousands. This is just like, everything is awesome. You know, everything's cool when you're part of a team. Saul has killed his thousands. You know. (laughs) David, it was like, everything is amazing. You know, they're just like, you know what? They're just happy and it's just silly and it's just stupid. And, And watch Saul. Watch Saul. This made Saul very angry. You know what didn't make Saul very angry was Goliath. Saul, it says, was head and shoulders above any of the men in Israel at one time. Like, he was the biggest guy in that army and he wouldn't take on Goliath. He sent a teenager out to do his dirty work. Like, I guess, like, the Lord be with you, but I can't. This made Saul very angry. What's this? They credit David with ten thousands, and me with only thousands. Next, they'll be making him their king. Insecure people can't have great friends. Because secure people don't hang out with insecure people. And if you're married, that's a problem. Can we start taking our insecurity to our father in heaven? Why are you still insecure? Why are you carrying that around? Can we call it sin? I know. Look, everybody's broken but some people are way more broken than you doing and are way more secure than you. Why? Because they took it to their father in heaven and they got healed and they got better and they started helping. You have the same father that Jesus had? Saul. God sends him a giant killer. And Saul starts hating the very person that God sent to deliver the nation when Saul wouldn't do it. And this song that they made up is like... They're just happy that the Philistines aren't raping and pillaging. They're just like, we're free. Nothing happened to us. It's a song of relief. It doesn't even make him happy because he's so insecure about this giant killer. Don't be like that. You'll never get a friend like David. But Jonathan's like, this is what we've been waiting for. You know what else I realized? Saul didn't have a single good friend. Because anybody worth their salt would have been like, bro, shut up. Are you stupid right now? That's my wife and kids out there. And they're singing, and we're going to, are you kidding me right now? This kid risked his life when none of the rest of us had the guts. You're going to celebrate this kid. He's coming on our team. We're going to do whatever we have to do to help what God put on that guy's life. Shut it, Saul. Saul. I'm gonna hang this phone up, and in like ten seconds, I'm calling you. You better not to be the same person. I'll mess you up. But that time on Saul kept a jealous eye on David. See, the problem with having better friends is you got to get better. You have to. You have to get better. You got to get healed. You got to run. They're not gonna like be like waiting for you to like spend twenty years and get all your crap together. We're like, hey, let's get healed as we go. There's a scripture that's like, and they got healed as they went. Let's get healed as we serve. Like, look, you don't need to be like perfectly like happy and comfortable and all the things. Just be healed enough to help one person and see if God doesn't do a little bit more so you can help two people. And see if you don't get healed as you go along with good friends who won't let you sit there in self-pity. While David was at Horash, see, then what happens is that Saul spends all his time with his army, not chasing Philistines, but chasing David. It says, he learned Saul had come to, out to take his life, and Saul's son Jonathan, at great risk to himself, went to David at Horus and helped him find strength in God. Then he said, this. Do you have friends who will say this? I know what you're facing. Don't be afraid. Then he prophesied, My father Saul will not lay hand on you. Not as long as there's blood in my body. You got people that fight the devil for you? Like, I see what the devil's trying to do in your life right now. I see this tragedy. I see this sin. I see this. He is not gonna lay a hand on you as long as there's breath in my lungs. Do not be afraid. He's telling David, a leader cannot be afraid, David. Go to your father in heaven. You cannot be afraid and lead well. Find strength in the Lord your God. You know what he doesn't say? Find strength in me. Find strength in the Lord your God. He's the only one that can do this. You find strength in the Lord your God. David, find strength. God has called you to something great. Find strength in the Lord your God. Everybody knows you're going to be king. My father knows you're going to be king. I am totally cool being in second place right now. But for you to be somebody that I'm going to follow, you've got to find strength in the Lord your God. You've got to deal with your fear. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. You know, great friends make people who aren't that exceptional, exceptional. Sometimes I I laugh a little bit because uh, the things that God did, I would give all the credit to the Lord. I I think it's a bit of a joke that somebody like me is a pastor. I mean, I think you're going to get to heaven and God's going to be like, how is Pastor Corey? (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to be like, he was great. God's going to be like, I, I wasn't serious about that. I was just messing with everybody. I was just going to see if, if you do it. Here's the funny thing about my friend that I was talking about before. He was a world beater. I mean, he had so much talent. He was called by God. He should be doing what I'm doing right now. But he went to university and got in with a crowd that wasn't going to the same place that he was going, And then he stopped going to the place that I was going. And I looked him up on Facebook cause we're only Facebook friends now. I've seen him once and twice, maybe in 20 years. And all I can think is what a waste of a life. And the only thing that was different was our friends. My friends wouldn't accept second best and his friends did. And I thought, what a waste of a life. He should be doing what I'm doing right now. He could have done anything. So yay for default pastoring. <laughs> God can take somebody who's unexceptional and get you to do something exceptional. If you have the right people around you who are going to be like, let's go. You know, I think about if I didn't offload him, I don't know if I'd have friends like the Gibsons. in My inner circle, honestly. We moved here. Seven years ago to plant this church, and both of our houses cost us a hundred thousand dollars more each, right? They moved into the exact same house as they had in Didsbury, and it was a hundred thousand dollars more here. And I look at my friends, and over the years, you know, we owe them our marriage, they owe us their marriage, because we wouldn't accept second best, we wouldn't let the devil come in and take our families away and allow sin or oppression or wickedness. They're dealing with something awful right now. And our family isn't there. Most of our family day was spent looking out for their kids because in the middle of tragedy, in the middle of victory, do you have people on the inside in your inner circle who are like, find strength in the Lord, your God. There's an opportunity in this. God is not done. God is wanting to save lives. Even in the midst of all this, God is wanting to save lives. We are going to, if there's blood in our veins and breath in our body, you are not going to give in to this, you are not going to stop. You're going to keep going and we're going to get everything that God wants for you. Listen, you're facing a Goliath and you need a miracle. You're praying like, God, just fix my problem, fix my problem. God will send a person. God will send a David. You have a Goliath? God will send a David. You're spending all your time like, God killed Goliath and God's like, I want him to earn a spot. Fire one of your friends and get this guy on your inner circle. Get this girl on your inner circle. They've got faith for what you need right now.